Okay, everybody can just calm down and not panic because I can assure you that HostGator is once again sponsoring today's show. HostGator is your one-stop website shop. It makes it simple to get your professional website online quick. Plans start at just $3.47 a month. Let's face it, guys, getting a good .com is hard to do. A .net domain powered by VeriSign, on the other hand, still has a ton of awesome names available. Get out there and get moving, guys. This is what you've got to do to have your domain on a website, it's time. Use Hostgator's drag and drop builder or WordPress. No need to code. Hostgator makes it easy. Get your site up and running with just a few clicks. I am almost done reading this copy. Guys, head over to Hostgator.com, buy some hosting, get some .NETs, and use coupon code JVCLUB to get an extra 30% off and support this show. We have done it. This is how sponsorship works. Hey guys, welcome to episode 88 of the podcast. Uh, that almost elicited a, like a bad Scottish accent out of me. I felt like I wanted to say 88. Boy, <laughs> boy. Oh boy, I got to apologize for that. Um, so Hilda and uh, and Lorelai are both uh, involved deeply in the Mortify documentary. It is a uh, wonderful documentary that um, we should all be out there enjoying. And uh, also a live stage show that uh, I'm a big fan of. We'll be talking about it a lot more on the podcast, so I'll sort of leave it at that. But um I think you'll see why it is a very nice blend with uh, what I do on the podcast. So special thanks to those ladies for coming by. Uh, I want to give some listener shout outs to Grant, Haley, and Alec for your emails, to Nicole PJ and the other Nicole uh, on the Nerdist page for Arden. I want to thank on Facebook Arlene, Diego, Meg, and Ida, and also Gage. And then on Twitter, I want to thank Shannon, struggling writer in Wizbang. Guys, thanks again, as ever, for weighing in. Um, we are drawing very close to the end of the Kickstarter campaign for Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse. So please go to ddmta.com if you can. This will be, I guess, the last time you hear me talk about it as a fundraiser. So um, I, I hope that you've uh, thought about contributing. Hope they get to make their movie. Not, not much more to say but that um and uh, i think that's it i'll keep it short and sweet and uh talk to you guys next time thanks so much now entering nerdist.com a sad state of affairs when you do feel like I don't want to have a private conversation with you I really want all of this to be recorded for the world to hear (laughs) I want no privacy I don't want anything that can't be made public and totally maximized to the nth degree um but uh, and by the way feel free to start talking at any time there's no I I don't have a I do an intro before I'll do I'll do an intro like later on where I just sort of say hi for a couple minutes and stuff so um but I welcome you to introduce. Well, you know what? Let's let's have you introduce yourselves because I have two. And uh, as you guys who listen to the podcast know, I've only had I've only done that a couple of times before. Okay. Um, so this will be the third time I've ever done this. So um, yeah. So why don't we? And then people can get acquainted with the sound of your voice. Oh, fantastic! I'm Lorelai Hill Butters. I'm a uh, mortified reader since 2007, and I'm also in the new documentary Mortified Nation. 
Um, and I'm Hilda Sula. Um, I am the editor, one of the editors of Mortified Nation. Was it hard editing? Uh, editing, I, I feel like is. Have you seen the film? I haven't seen it yet, oh, okay. and I okay. I know that Neil and and, and Dave are going to be super angry with me for <laughs> having not done my homework. I am in Sketchfest mode. Those of you who listen to the podcast know Sketchfest mode is deadly, which right. means that I'm constantly reviewing submissions, and that is my primary uh, devotion right now. But as long as you know the more I know show. the show, I'm a huge fan of the show. We had it at Sketchfest last year, um, and uh, and I'm so excited to see the movie. And I know it's been very well reviewed. I've I have everything I've I've read about it, seen about it, and, ta- and heard talked about is like everyone loves it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was great. It was just, it was a lot of work. It was kind of an overwhelming amount of work. I bet. But uh, it's great. Yeah, you should see it. It's sort of a concert film in some ways, would you say, Lorelai? Yeah. It's um, basically a concert film. And I think the main idea is to just give people who can't go to a Mortified show a chance to watch and feel like they're at a Mortified show. And then you get a little bit of background and sort of psychology of why people would possibly want to get up on stage and write their diaries out loud in front of other people. Right. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And and so let's just take that back over to you, Lorelai, for a second. So for you, I mean, I guess my point of view is, and I'm, I'm biased because I'm doing a podcast like this, which is essentially the same idea in a way, which is like, why not air that dirty laundry? Like, why not sort of celebrate the fact that we're all human but it was that was that something that came up for you when you um realized that this was really a thing like initially when someone says yeah you should audition for you got some great old material um you should do it and then does it become real in a different way the first time that you actually read it to an audience uh it does it's interesting because Everybody can relate to it. You know, when I read it, you see a lot of heads nodding, and it just sort of feels like, in some, on some level, it feels like a story I'm telling about a girl that I used to know. But then when you read it in front of everybody, and mine has a lot of pictures, when I look at the drawings, they almost feel like that happened too. But um, I get to connect with her on a different way um, because she was not well-received. She was not accepted. Um, she was a dork, you know, but, Happy to hear it. but right. But thought that she was, you know, I always do my intro in this saying that I was skinny, awkward and unpopular, but I thought I was gorgeous, you know, and in my pictures, I draw myself very gorgeously. Um, and, um, so I might be skating off topic because I'm getting lost. Oh my God. This like, is a, uh, this is an exercise in skating off topic. But, I've never skated on topic. I don't think on the podcast, <laughs> you're very safe. But, um, yeah, doing it is just, it's, it's an out-of-body experience, but it's connecting with your old self all at the same time, if that makes any sense. It completely makes sense to me, 100%. Yeah. Well, I, listen, just, a, I mean, might as well jump right in. My, my feeling about this podcast, because we're sort of making a little more kind of mortified specific, because it's such a nice uh, opportunity to do that when, when it fits already with kind of what we talk about on the podcast in general, um, is I'm, I feel we have such a wealth of material. Um, I have no game plan in mind, never do with any episode, but I, I just see this abundance of stuff. Uh, Lorelai specifically, and no pressure, Hilda, on you because you were not a performer in the movie. Uh, but, um, but while we have something and, and because we're talking about this so specifically, um, 
if somebody isn't familiar with mortified, would a fun way in to express what it is uh, would maybe be to have you read a, an excerpt of something like one might hear in a mortified show? Sure. All right, yes, great. I'd be happy to. Please. So what's happening right now is uh, Lorelai is opening up a cloth-bound padded journal, um, <laughs> much like I had. It feels very 80s and uh, 90s to me, very early 90s perhaps. Hippos on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I brought, I've dug into my garage and brought out some similar ones of my own. And it seems that we both couldn't help but like write and doodle even on the covers and the cloth right. on the inside. Make it a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's see. I will just jump right in. Uh, Lawrence, wow, I love him. He's the perfect guy, except he's sort of a soch. Lots of soch girls like him, especially this girl named Jennifer Goldfarb. What a name, huh? She's real ugly. Here's a picture that's really exaggerated, but she is ugly. She looks like this. And then, of course, I drew a very exaggerated picture. Oh, no. Poor like Jennifer her. Goldfarb. She was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, every right of course. Like of her, course she was. Don't feel too bad for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but, you know, he should have been with me. <laughs> um, well, back to Larry. Every time I see him, I get the chills. Um, well, about the school newspaper, I put in a song dedication to Lawrence. It went like this. To Lawrence, stuck on you from still waiting I guess it stirred up old feelings towards him. Like when we were on the same softball team and he'd pitch and I'd bat. I'll never forget the pride on his face when I made that ball fly. I never made a ball fly. (laughs) (laughs) So you were even... Well, see, what's interesting about that to me is the idea that you were creating a persona for yourself Mm -hmm. in the journal like rather than it being a place where you can be your most honest that there's still this sense of like if anyone reads this or like this is how I want to remember my history with this person yes it's very interesting to me yeah and I think that's sort of the theme of this because I my diary uh contains storyboards mine is all guys i've already taken some pictures that i'm gonna put on the facebook page (laughs) if you're if you've if you've been a fan of the podcast but you've never visited the facebook page i think this might be the the time where i like insist that you go it's um it's a lot of pictures it's it's storyboards it's elaborate storyboarding because and i had watched um recently a documentary on Steven Spielberg, and he talks about when he was a kid, he would draw these storyboards because he felt like if you drew it and you looked at it, then it was real. And I so related to that. It was like, I will actualize my life in drawings. And I, at the time, watched a lot of miniseries. I watched, you know, I was a very Thornbirdsy girl. I was, you know, East of Eden and all Forbidden love. Totally. Yeah. Um, a lot of soap operas. I was a latchkey kid, so I was home watching my stories every day. So I drew a lot of montage-themed drawings of the two of us and our uh, eventual sexy love. So, yeah, they're a little bit graphic. <laughs> you do see nipple. His, not mine. Nipple. But, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so... And did you draw other things? Like, were you into the arts in terms of, like, art class? Or was this really a very specific... You would think so. You know what I mean? No. 
<laughs> I would think so, but at the same time, I'm also not surprised that you weren't because it does feel like it's rendering very specific things for very specific reasons. That's not just like, then you wanted to do a still life of a vase with flowers. Right. Now, my whole self and being and purpose was all poured into manifesting this love with this boy. Yeah. <laughs> and Hilda, you did. You said that you didn't keep journals. No, unfortunately, I didn't. I wish I did. Um, I had a period when I was writing letters to friends. I mean, I don't know if you ever did that, but there was a period when you know, you'd have a friend crush and then you'd write some letters back and forth. So I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a very active social. I was I was an advanced girl and had a very active social life when I was a teenager. So I was kind of living out like from age, you know, 14, just started living out all of my romantic fantasies in the craziest way. Oh, listen to you. (laughs) You did? Yes. So how did you, were you just like a go-getter in that way? Like, listen, I can make this happen. I think so. I think I was just like, I I mean, I had like a, a kind of like classically, you know, happy childhood, like without a lot of craziness going on and so I think I I I just was sort of like strangely well adjusted by age 14 so that I was like I had a crush on the the like who I thought was the handsomest boy in school who was the biggest goth in school and I was like I'm gonna get him always love that and I like proceeded to go get him yeah you did my first boyfriend yeah well who was he who was he into that made him so goth like my like I was into people who look like Robert Smith and yeah he had basically Robert Smith hair yeah but he didn't wear the lipstick um, oh, did he, he occasionally wore black lipstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would oh, okay. occasionally wear black lipstick. So not lipstick. red, like smeared clown lipstick, like Robert no, Smith did. No, but more no, no, he wasn't lipstick. into the. Yeah, yeah, he not I so did. much the messy, like oh, I just woke up after popping a bunch of pills. Not that. <laughs> he was like a little more like precise. I could barely put on my lipstick because yeah. I dropped so many pills. <laughs> um, oh. No, no, he was more like precise and, you know, yeah. and another, you know, another good boy from a good family who was perfectly well adjusted, except that he loved the cure and wanted to be, you know, a goth. So. I mean, the honest truth. Did you go, did, did you, Lorelai, go for uh, any gothy kind of punk rock guys? I did. Yeah. yeah. I tried. How do you feel about, because I still have very little problem with a guy with like eyeliner and or eyeliner. black lipstick. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I mean, I, it's been a long time. Like I am not right. in a world where I date those people now, but that as it exists in my memory and stuff, like I'm not even ashamed of that. I'm still like, oh no, that's hot. Like a guy with black yeah. lipstick, that's yeah. super well, hot. Tim Curry in Rocky Horror oh, Picture Show yes. was gorgeous. Oh, was yes, he, he was. In the weirdest way. I play a, a MASH game that we're going to get into at the end of this episode, oh. on every episode. Do you guys play MASH ever? Do you, I mean, you must have played MASH as a high school student. MASH-like mansion? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. <laughs> MASH-like mansion, apartment, shack, house. I have not played that since um, I was a child. We will, do, <laughs> we will be doing a game of MASH where you list three... Do you remember this? I do not. Okay, you're going to be home free. Mm -mm. Anyway, someone recently, and the listener will remember, but I can't remember offhand, but it was very recent. Someone ended up with uh, Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show because that she listed that as one of her main crushes. Um, Yeah, because that that, I mean he super was. Yeah, extremely sexy. Okay, so you just went out and did it, and you didn't bother keeping a journal about it. No, no. In fact, the only thing that I could dig up that I um, found that I did find in a box with some old letters and stuff was 
a few calendars, like just wall calendars, mm-hmm. which I brought. And I can track when I like to the day precisely when I like jumped into this extremely early like sexual experience. Oh, wow. Bust out that calendar. (laughs) It's very funny. So I can sort of chart. Get it out. Would you mind? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Go for it. Fantastic. Did you keep calendars too or did you just keep a diary? No, it was all in the diary. I had a wall. I definitely had wall calendars that I would write like, you know, things that I like events that I was going to or whatever. But I don't. I didn't keep any of those. I always threw away my calendar. So calendar at least you kept pristine. those. Look at this. Oh wait. So this one. Oh, unfortunately, this. Unfortunately, this calendar begins. Wait. After after the sex began. Uh-huh. How young um, were you? Fourteen. All right. Yeah. You know. I mean, it happens. You know. Yeah, it does happen. Um, but what I can see. Oh yeah, I had this little system where I would draw like a you know like one of those like female symbol like a you know, circle line with a cross, you know? Uh-huh. And that was like charting, like when I was supposed to start taking my pill. That was like a <gasps> code. Right. Now, like, how did you... Because I went on the pill really <laughs> Did you... And so was that a conversation that you had with your folks? Yes. So did yeah. they know that you like were having sex at 14? 14? Yeah. I like talked to them and told them I was going to start having sex. Yeah. <laughs> well adjusted. Yes. Here comes the well adjusted. Very crazy. Where, but, where, let's, you know, hippie parents. So. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So let's put that in context. So again, yeah. as you can see, wildly all over the place, no plan, <laughs> no rhyme or reason of the podcast. Um, but let's put it into uh, physical context really quickly. Where, Hilda, where were you, uh, where, where, where did you spend your teenage years? I spent my teenage years in Canada. In Canada? Yes. Okay. In where in Canada? In a town called Kingston. Kingston. And is that which province? It's in Ontario. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Between Toronto and Montreal, basically. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. And uh, and what about you, Lorelai? Well, speaking of hippie parents, I was born uh, on the kitchen table oh, on Argyle marvelous. Street in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Very close by. Yeah. In a real haunted house. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. We do not have That's enough time podcast. for all of this. I know, but I really want to know about your haunted house. <laughs> yeah. It was Where? supposedly haunted by the lady... Um, in the Columbia Pictures thing, holding the light. Uh huh. Yeah. How, well, That's a whole other podcast, y'all. I know, but <laughs> is it or is it? I I don't know. If, I don't. I know. I think I might need to hear about it real quick because this is going to make everyone crazy. Like it's making me crazy. Who was the woman who's holding the torch? Do you know? Like it's, it was an I actress, do, or was I it? I think she was an actress. Yeah. Until she lived in that house. And she had lived in that house. Argyle and what? Argyle. I don't know exactly what the cross street was but if you just take it curling up there mm-hmm, it was a house mm-hmm. that had like little wooden little terraces all surrounding it and I'm fascinated yeah it was pretty crazy okay i've because i sometimes i spit out on the other side so- at the end of argyle when i'm just riding up through the hills near the hollywood sign sometimes i just like on my bike um sometimes i end up at the top of argyle like looking out over the city without meaning to. So I must be, I've probably ridden past that I house. I have to ask my dad with the street yeah. address so I can get back to on that In one. what way was it, did it feel haunted? Well, they moved out of there. My folks split up when I was a little baby, but uh, that was where my folks lived. So you're an only child? No, I have a sister. Oh, okay. As well. Older or younger? Older. Okay. Older so you sister. were the last gasp and then... That was it. Yeah. And then they got Splitsville. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was haunted. My mother used to tell me stories about like pulling out the the kitchen drawer and silverware exploding out. And um, it revealed itself to her like pulling her legs in the bed. And she said that it had shown itself to her. It had like a, like a white 
sort of you know body like just like white smoky body and then a head that looked like a bicep muscle that would like wag itself in her face and scream That's her name so specific and strange isn't that bizarre do you believe it uh i, do. I guess you have to either believe it or think your mom's nuts I which do. probably isn't that yeah. i do well she was nuts for other reasons however um they also had like this um statue of pan you know, uh-huh, the, the uh-huh. guy the pan with the flute and the horns and the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, it used to moan. Like, from behind it, it would moan. You remember this? No. That was oh. a story my mom and uh, also my dad used oh, to operate. Oh, so strange. But okay. Was, like, moaning behind it. All right. So, L.A. Hills haunted by Columbia Pictures. I mean, that's pretty great old Hollywood right uh-huh. there. And, and Hilda, you were in a small town uh, in Ontario. In, uh, yeah, my teenage years. And I actually grew up, my childhood was here in L.A. as well. Oh, okay. So how did you end up out there? I think my parents just really got sick of LA and the traffic. And they were like, this is a hellhole. We have to leave. And okay. They, they, they're academics. They got jobs. And okay. Left. So neither one of them are Canadian even. No, no. Interesting. Yeah. Just American I transplants. I do like it up there. I'm it's a fan. nice. People are nice. Sure, yeah. sure. There's there weather. There is weather. Yeah. There's French. I love French. And now I'm back here because there is weather. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've got a I've got a, a, a pretty good image in my mind, uh, based on nothing. Um, based on two places that you've just described. Listen, I know LA very well, so I'm imagining a baby in LA. Um, uh, okay, so and do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older sister. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you both have an older sister. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How <laughs> how far apart? Uh, she's three years older. And you, Lorelai? Um, my older sister is two years, two months older, and then I also have a stepsister. My dad remarried. My stepsister is just a few months younger than I am. And okay. I should also say, I started uh, in Hollywood Hills, and then my single mom moved us all over Southern California. So, so you went? Yeah, you were telling me before we started that you went to a bajillion different schools. A bajillion schools, thirteen schools in twelve years. Went to the same oh junior God. high three years consecutively, and then the same high school um, two years. So that's a lot of moving. Why was your mom moving around so much? Uh, it was like slums of Beverly Hills. Like we just would find ourselves unable to afford wherever we were living. So we would have to pull up stakes and go somewhere else. And yeah, or we'd get bounced out of our school when they would find out, oh, you don't live in this area anymore. So we'd have to go somewhere else, which is, I think, why I would find myself in these uncomfortable situations in school and eating my lunch in the PE bathroom because I just couldn't connect with other students because I just didn't feel grounded. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. It was just like, I don't know me. I don't know you. I don't, I, I can't do this again. You know, I never felt like I was going to stay anywhere. Did you have friends that were outside of school that you were at least had some consistency there? Like, just an old, you know, old girlfriends that you'd had forever? No, it seems like they would move or... And then I would move, like they'd move out of state and mm-hmm. then I would move. And yeah, my mother was never good at hanging on to her friendships. So if they had kids that were our age, we just sort of were separated. So yeah, no. So I have a quick question about your piece and Lawrence, the guy that you pour all of your sort of Lawrence, a.k.a. Into, Larry, depending AKA on Larry. What, what part of the page it is. So. When you were that age and you were obsessed with him, which it seems like you were from your diary. And- I don't know about that. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Detailed storyboard fantasy. Um, uh, did you, it, did it just never occur to you that you could go up to him and talk 
to him. Like, I mean, there's a moment when when you overhear a conversation where he says, I don't really know her talking oh, about Oh, did you. that happen? Is that, And that's in the film? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Does it, it just didn't occur to you that you could possibly go up and talk to him? Or it was just you were existing in a world of like John Hughes movies, social strata, you could never talk to those people kind of thing? I did make efforts, actually, which is why... Um, and it didn't make it into the film. Um, I say like, wow, like he even gives it a chance to know me after he says, you know, I don't even know her. She's like me for three years, you know. Um, I did make efforts. I remember I, I made him a book cover out of a grocery bag because it said uh, USC on it. That was his that was his school he was going to go to, and he did end up going to that school. So I made him a book cover, gave it to him, and he was like, thanks. I'm sure he still has it. I... <laughs> He did use it, which was sweet of him. Um, I wrote, uh, I think, one of those notes. Like, would you ever go around with me? Check yes or no. Didn't get the note back. I somehow uh, procured a class picture of his from someone. You know, you would cut up your little tiny postage stamp sized class pictures and hand them out to your Mm -hmm. friends. Somebody gave me their picture that he gave them. So I gave it to him to sign to me. (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, I don't even know. He did not give it back. Oh, he didn't um, give it back. He did not give it back. Do, have you found him? I'm sure you've been asked this and yes. is it talked discussed in the film as well. Yeah. Yes, I did find him. Um the the piece that I perform is actually also in the book Mortified to Love is a Battlefield. And um so I wanted to find him and I had found him a long time ago because before I did Mortified, I did a show um, called Diary at a small little improv theater that I used to do shows on. And that's why I sort of had the piece ready to audition for Mortified um, with. And um, so I wanted to find him and like find out, get like an, a, a, an end for the piece. Like, where is he now? And so I found him and uh, do you remember me? Oh, of course I remember you. And he was very nice. Um, but I didn't tell him about, you know, the diary show. But then when the book was coming out, I sort of wanted to give him a heads up. Fair enough. Because that's weird. Yeah. I mean, my drawings are good. You can tell it's him. <laughs> like, yes, Clearly, you could easily be stopped on the street. I understand. I understand. I mean, I could have been a, an artist in a courtroom. Mm-hmm, Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Or not. Um, in a courtroom where people are just making out <laughs> and having sex <laughs> and spooning in front of a video arcade uh, yes. video game. Yep. And trying on wacky hats. And trying on wacky hats. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I will, again, please, first of all, obviously, you know you're going to see the movie, but also whatever contribution I can have to some of the wonderful drawings I've already been privy to in this conversation. Now, uh, I will turn it to me for one second because I did get super excited while we were were talking about this we went out into the garage i did find some old journals um i i at some point i probably will do mortified i've been asked and i and I, i'm very excited to do it i just haven't been able to kind of get it together um i'm just going to randomly open to a page i just opened to this one page and this is from 1988 um clearly i had an enemy uh <laughs> Still planning how to get Jill. Get is in like capital letters made very black. She is really going to wish she hadn't told Shannon that. Revenge! (laughs) I really miss Barrett, but I shall see him tomorrow. Mmm. M-M-M-M-M. I'm so in love. (laughs) 
Jolyn will be here tomorrow. And then I wrote school with an arrow to here. These are the people I'm going to invite to my birthday party. Sharon, Shannon, Rhonda, Jolyn, Emily, Charlotte B, Charlotte, Janine, Pam, Ken- Kendra, Karen, Allison F, Allison C. Not Jill. <laughs> ha ha. And then I signed it Janet Kime because I was uh, very much in love. Now, it's hard to out. It is hard to sort of say, like, to acknowledge, like, the realness of the people that you've written about who kind of become these, like, iconic, like, not fictitious people, but just iconic characters in your world, but are also, like, just people. Like, I've talked about Barrett on the podcast before. He is very much alive and well and in Los Angeles. We are in touch. He was my first, like, super serious boyfriend. Um, uh, and the, and that girl, Jill, I know exactly who I was talking about. She is not in my life anymore, but I know that she's out there. And um, I kind of still hold a grudge against her. And I don't even remember why. But apparently I was super angry. And, like, that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, I got to get into those journals a little bit more. <laughs> and they are embarrassing. But, I, again, I do feel like... Well, what would, we, what would we expect of ourselves as, as young people? Of course, of course they're going to be that. I guess that's how I feel about the mortified part of it is like, I love the name mortified, but I'm one of those people that in my mind, I'm like, I mean, it's not mortifying, right? Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. You should, you really should do a piece. It's such an incredible show. Well, you're a fan of the show. It's great. The, the regret that I have is that we actually, about the film, is that we don't talk really. We hear her entry we hear Lorelai's pieces about entries about Lawrence but we don't really hear the backstory of her her meeting him and in fact the major regret I have is that we didn't um arrange an on-camera meeting oh I actually yeah really think that that's what yeah when what you we found him you found him like just online and so you haven't seen him or did you find him find him I, well uh at first I found him found him um just when the book came out I found him found him and then um we decided we should meet him in person. My husband and I were going to Las Vegas, which is where he was living at the time, um, to sort of meet with him and kind of tell him in person, like, hey, here's what's going on. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny. You're going right. to laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a riot. And I brought um, the DVD of one of the performances because it's kind of, I think, translates better. Wouldn't you think if somebody showed you a diary of pictures of you having sexy times, it might be better to watch it be performed possibly lightly in front possibly. of hundreds and hundreds of people laughing oh. along with you uh-huh. versus looking at like this psychotic, possibly <laughs> artistic uh, depiction, oh, God. you know, because there's also a part in here where I end it with um, the end of the piece says... One day when we're married or going, he'll read this diary with me in his arms and he'll say, gosh, Lori, I love you so much now. How could I have been so blind? (sighs) Then he'll kiss me. And then who knows, maybe we'll make love or something. And that is the end of the piece. Um, That is how it ends. And so I think probably if you can see that (laughs) performed lightly, it's, it's, I think, taken better than if you read it in a book and just sort of see it out there in black and white. I would, I would agree. Yes. So agree. we met at a Starbucks. He was very kind and without knowing what I wanted to meet him to discuss. Because I was like, do you remember me? He's like, yeah. 
I mean, how ner- like how did you feel? Were you nervous when you totally. were going to see him? Oh yeah. Was were you nervous not just because of the whole context, but also because ultimately this was somebody that you did really have this hor- this huge crush on, or was that all kind of fallen by the wayside and replaced with just like the charm of like the folksiness of how much you used to have a crush on him? It's hard to answer. That is hard to answer. I'm. It's. Hmm. Good question. Good question. <laughs> well. Um, I think it was a little of everything. It was a little of everything. He was so important to me. <laughs> and like, how did your, was your, is there any part of, I mean, we all, like, we, part of why, what am I trying to say? This is another staple of the podcast. What am I trying to say? <laughs> We're all, we all have to kind of get over silly, stupid jealousies that don't mean anything. And some people are more well-adjusted about them than others. But like, you know, if when you're, when you're, I don't know how long, like how long had you been with your husband when all this happened with the book and like that you were going to meet Larry? Um, we started doing the show in 2007, I think. Do you know when the book came out by chance? No, maybe three years later. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe 2000. No, because I didn't have my daughter yet. So that's a good question. Maybe it was actually 2008. So maybe it was like 2008. So um, what was your question again? Well, I guess I hadn't gotten to it, but my question was, did did your husband feel a little bit of like, I know it doesn't make sense. Of course you're supposed to, I didn't know you then. And of course I'm, you're supposed to be obsessed with some guy, but now that guy is like a part of your creative life in this way that he's been revered. And now we're actually meeting the real person. Was there any part of him that was like, I feel dumb about this, but I feel kind of weird about it. Not at no, all. Okay. He was so uh, valuable in the meeting with Lawrence. I can't even tell you. He sort of took away any kind of, I think ickiness that could have been sure. present, I think, for that meeting. Because, um, you know, we sat down and my husband was sort of in the middle of the three of us. And I said, well, you know, here, here's what I've been up to. Because we did a little, what What are you up to? And he had like, I think, four kids. He did get married at 19, just hmm. as I predicted, just not to me. <laughs> um, and so he started having kids right away. So he, you know, had kids that were older teenagers dating and you know middle school and a baby you know he had been living a life of a man for a long time and um so we talked about what he's been what have you been doing like well that's funny you should ask i've been doing this show i used used to write in a diary you know i had a crush on you back in junior high goes yeah you know he sort of took it very sweetly yeah i did and my husband immediately chimes in and oh her diaries are so funny because i said well i used to write in this diary and i kind of drew these pictures and we just got into it and mm-hmm. my husband was just a very good buffer because he was able to speak to the humor behind it right so that um there wasn't a chance he could be creeped out no that's that's <laughs> very good that's very good hey say something loud really quickly i just want to make sure everything's fine with the microphones because i don't wear yeah i think we're okay all right that's good laugh loud <laughs> yeah we're fine okay uh sorry what if that was just like no i just wanted to embarrass you just want right. to mortify you um uh, but anyway i and i advised him to watch the dvd which i brought um but probably not with his daughters because yeah. that would be weird love making um yeah love making so um but he did get back to me and say that he thought that the dvd was funny i don't know if he's read the book i imagine probably and then um we went to our high school reunion together okay 
because I went to That's that adorable. high school for just a minute. I was going to say. Moved you moved again. Yeah. I went to Glendale High for one minute, and then I moved to Burbank and went to John Burroughs, finished up over there. So, um, But he was telling other people, like, oh, she has this book. It is so funny. So, And he almost came to uh, one of the uh, San Francisco shows. Oh, yeah. With his wife. They were going to come, but she got sick, and I was so bummed because I was like, you would get such a cheer Oh yeah! came. So I'm waiting for the day when he actually does come to a show because I think that would be... I mean, it's very flattering. It's very flattering to be the subject of someone's adoration like that, don't you think? Hopefully. I would imagine. I would be flattered, I think. Was I the subject of? Mm -hmm. Um, if If I was, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I had guy friends who would later tell me like I mean while we were still friends like I want to I want to go with you or something and I had obviously my obsessions of my own and lots of unrequited love lots um but I don't know that anybody's ever said like oh because guys are different too like I mean you know we keep we kept the journals and I don't know how much that was sort of socialized into young men that they would have like a creepy record like we have of, of kind of like where our hearts were and stuff. And obviously you were too cool for that anyway, Hilda, but so uh, not to like delve too deep or make you uncomfortable. You're welcome to say, you know, don't, don't ask me that. But since you're the one who told me that your calendar had the exact day that you lost your virginity, um, how, when you're talking about these uh, sexual escapades, uh, did you have long-term relationships or did you just sort of have this sense of freedom of like, you know, this I is the did. time for me to just kind of... I had this... The sense of freedom came later. Yeah, I was a sort of like committed monogamist in high school. I had two major boyfriends. And oh, they okay. The, yeah, so my first, again, part of the kind of like happy childhood story is that I, you know, lost my virginity very young to this goth boy. Um, but we were together for like two years straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we became like a major couple okay. who were all black. We, oh, so you were goth also. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah, was yeah. What, now was a was your relationship did like the goth element kind of enter into ev- to a lot of stuff? Like was it about like and then we went to the cure together and then we da 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 or did you just sort of like you dress like that but then you also just like went and saw silly movies and uh yeah I mean definitely some of the cultural stuff we were into was goth influence like I remember we would maybe make out in his bedroom upstairs at his parents house and then like wander down to the basement rec room and watch weird VHS tapes of of like skinny puppy videos and weird shit like that yeah so yeah so like that was kind of like our like post makeout like like routine (laughs) which is amazing did you write each other any poetry um if we did I don't have it we may have at one point but that was yeah not really part of I, I don't have records which is so sad yeah I have a record I have a letter here of like my last final damaged boyfriend that I wrote to him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But uh but other than that, there he was like my last gasp of kind of like the dark you know, the exploration of the dark side. And that boyfriend. was that still in high school? Or was no, that, that was college, later? So that was yeah. Do you have it? Do you want to pull it out? Sure. <laughs> I'd be delighted. Oh so you wait, so you wrote it to him. Does that mean that you never gave it to him? Or did he? Yeah, yeah, I guess I never gave it to him. I mean, I'd be know, weird I if he was like, I, I thought you might want this back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that you can talk about it on a podcast someday. <laughs> right. Is All this I someone that find. you've kept in touch with in any way since? 
You yeah, don't know. this is somebody I am still in touch with a ton. Oh, it's a postcard. Not really. Well, this is so. This is a postcard I have from him. Oh, okay, okay. That I wrote. To oh my God, because if you wrote so. him a goodbye letter on a postcard, I would be <laughs> delighted and absolutely appalled. No, I wish I would. I wish I'd been that concise. No, no, no. It's like a letter. Uh, no, the postcard from him just says. I'll just read one line. Uh, uh, the night sky. These are the types of boys that I was attracted to. I love it. This is him writing to me. The night sky of the country, tiny town by the highway, is so tragically small and lonely under the universe I want to weep. I turn away from the trite moral play and look into infinity, eternity. And it's you and me racing through the night, escaping it all on a coked up highway to nowhere. So this is this is when drugs had entered, you know, um, in a this is college. Up highway college to nowhere. And then at some point, he must have, um, I must have written to him asking, Ugh. like, why can't we be together? This was like a tragic relationship, and he didn't really want to be with me. He's my Lawrence, basically, no. <laughs> or the closest thing, you know? No. And then, uh, wait, so where's this amazing sentence? <laughs> okay, this is like, again, the last guest with my, of my gothy type of relationships. Uh, and I wrote to him, I get what you're saying about not being able to be seriously involved with anyone right now. It's like your heart is mangled, stuck in its own private purgatory and partially dead. It can't really be expected to join in the world of the living. Not wholly, at least. A corpse can't be a boyfriend except maybe to a hardcore necrophile. And, <laughs> and that I am not. <laughs> Just to clarify, so that, that let there be when no question. I turned, that was like the moment when I was like, I've had enough of this relationship. Wow. Which I actually, wow. reading it, I mean, I just discovered that this morning, but this letter, but reading it now, I really see that as, oh, right, the moment when I broke up with him is like the moment when I grew up, you know? Yeah. Wow. And so the guys that you were into after that just didn't have that same sort of dark... But it's interesting because yeah. you said you were so you were so well adjusted. It seems like you were looking for that sense of danger. Yeah, or sadness I think I was. I, yeah, it was very much like I your... was a girl, like in a girl group. I was really into girl group music when I was a teenager too. Like so L seven was... and like. Oh, like Riot Girl stuff. Yes, yeah. I was into that a little bit as well. Oh, you mean like Indigo I mean Girls? Like, no, I mean like like the Shangri-Las and the oh, Crystals. Okay. I mean like All old right. school girl group Great, stuff. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what did I, so, why did I make uh, it No, 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 but like, yes, Bikini Kill, go, you know, yeah. seven, yeah. Um, that stuff too. So, but the point is that I think I was like in my own mind, I think I was seeking out this like rebel boyfriend who would drive a black motorcycle and, a man in you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. And I think because my ch childhood was so happy in a weird sort of way, yeah. that was like you had the, like the flip side, the danger. Yeah. The yeah. danger that I was looking for. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And so Lorelai, what about you? Like with the, you know, obviously Lawrence was a very, very big part of your or dream life, but mm -hmm. did you have um, crushes that were realized? Did you have uh, a bo boyfriend? I mean, in all this, the melee of craziness, did you ever get to be like the cute new girl who just showed up out of nowhere? Yes. When I moved to Burbank, things changed. <laughs> Yay, Burbank! <laughs> well, when I downgraded to Burbank, I was yes. considered... <laughs> it, really, it really changed everything. I recommend all you ladies move oh, to Burbank. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, it just coincided. Mm -hmm. um, I just figured it out, I think, to a certain degree. How old were you then? Um, that was my junior year. Okay. So... Um, you know, I was I was starting to figure it out with my um, freshman year of um, or sophomore year really at Glendale High, 
it was getting better. I had a few dates um, then. It was definitely getting better. But something definitely changed when I moved to Burbank and went to a new school. And then I just, I just didn't carry the stigma of that I had, you know, I think probably imposed upon myself when I was living in Glendale. Mm-hmm. Um, when I wanted to be Lori, you know, I didn't want to be Lorelai anymore. I want to be Laura, Lori with a bubble or a heart over Great. the eye. Because sure. that's how popular girls do it, right? Sure. Um, and I moved and there, there absolutely was that different experience where you are not the new girl who's like, who's that? You're the new girl who's like, who's that? You yeah. know? And I don't say that with any sort of ego. It just was a different it experience. What it, is. Yeah. it was a different experience. And I did get a crush on... Um, the popular boy and we ended up going the, to the prom together and he ended up being my first of all things and um, you know it was it was a different experience and things just sort of changed from that point did you feel like did you have a sense then of that sort of like opportunity to reinvent yourself every time you went to a new school or was it more just like I'm the same all I want to do is just get somewhere and, and stay I always had that hope every time, but I think when I went to um, Wilson, that junior high, it's just, that was a harsh junior high because that school was definitely, like I make that social reference, it's like from the outsiders, it was definitely the haves and the have-nots. There was not mm. really much of a gray area in between, and I was very gray. So um, it was just, it was a harsh school to be in the middle of. So... Um, that was really hard. But then when I moved to Burbank, <laughs> the Emerald City, <laughs> um, it was just, it was a different experience. And I had hoped for a different experience this time. I let myself hope for it. And it was different. But, I, but I'm not going to say that, you know, boom, I was popular because I wasn't. Um, but I did sort of find my voice. I got into um, choir I just needed an elective. You literally found your voice. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And figuratively. Um, um, but choir was like the elective that was available, just so happened to be available during a period where I needed one. So uh, it just helped me to get out of my shell because I was painfully shy for a long time. And that really helped. And I was kind of friends with everybody but not a part of any clique in particular you mm-hmm. know i could be friends with the cheerleaders and you know the goth kids we could have been buddies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know the burnouts like everybody but yeah i really didn't belong anywhere in particular so even still even at that time you didn't have like the girl that you would sort of talk with every day after school or you know like a like a girlfriend that was I like, did. Did you? I did. She was a year uh, under me. Eva was mm-hmm. my best friend at the time. Um, and yeah, we got along and we were besties for a while. And then I moved away and we still sort of keep in touch a little bit. Mm-hmm. Our lives have just gone in different directions. But yeah, it was it was different. That's good that you su- that you were able to settle and have that. I don't know why I'm always fascinated by that. But, but I, the friends of mine I've talked about on the podcast before, the friends of mine who have... Um, just had this friend like their whole lives. That's just like their best friend that they still have. I'm I, I'm so interested in that because I don't have exactly that. Yeah. Um. And I'm also interested in, yeah, just like that that time frame when, if 
it just feels so important to have like at least one person probably of the same sex, but not necessarily that you can kind of down, like download and upload with about how you're feeling. Like you were talking about friend crushes where you write each other those notes and stuff. And I still have some of those. And it just felt like when I think about the sort of medicine of that, of feeling understood and feeling like, you know, someone was someone the exact same age was going through the same kind of stuff was so valuable. Did you have that to girlfriends that you could, and it, or because sometimes yeah. when you have a boy, a serious boyfriend in high school, he kind of takes the place of that. I think sometimes for some people, yeah, that's true. He did sort of become my best friend, but I had a best friend, yeah, um, Kat. And then <laughs> this is where it gets into the crazy stuff. Then after that first goth boyfriend and I broke up, my best friend started dating him. <laughs> How does this happen? I am always so blown away. I know it there are more crazy. of these stories than I feel should be possible. It seems so crazy. It seems what's really weird about it is that it seems much stranger now to me hmm. than at the time. Interesting. At the time, I think your world is so small when you're a teenager. You don't, you know, that social click, whatever part thing that you're in and your high school is the world. I mean, that is just your entire universe. So it doesn't occur to you how insular it is like and how incestuous even it is that people will then break up and date each other you know like that happens good point but it it i mean it seemed weird to me at the time but it wasn't now i look back and i think i mean you guys that's were together crazy. that's not like somebody that you just dated for a month which yeah, even we then for like two years yeah wow. it's crazy and then they dated for like two years after Are you that kidding I, mean, me? I know it's crazy wait so did it's you crazy. stay friends with her uh-huh. I'm still You had to hear, but like how did you what? <laughs> now it What did, is she gonna like talk to you about what's going on with your ex boyfriend? Well, no, that's the whole thing, is that it did it looking back on it, I guess it did sort of drive a little bit of a wedge into our friendship. A little bit Not well, but but strangely enough, not again, not as much as you would think. Somehow I didn't see it. I mean I didn't I definitely What was your breakup with your a, boyfriend like? Betrayal. Was it It was kind of a fairly mutual, mutual breakup and then he regretted it. And wanted to get back together, and I said no. So at and least it he, wasn't like he broke your heart and then no, pursued your best friend. No, and then he got friend. together exactly, and then he and it got together with her afterwards. Yeah. Do you remember so. <laughs> the first feeling of like when who like which one of them told you? It was her. Yeah, it was her. I can still actually, I do still remember the incident. It was her and another close girlfriend of ours were sitting in her room and. Uh, chatting and she said i have something to tell you they hadn't officially started going out yet and she said I have, I have something to tell you she had already told carolyn our other mutual friend and she said carolyn how would you and then i still specifically remember her saying carolyn please help me give me a euphemism what did we do and carolyn said you made out and that was how i found out that they had made out <laughs> That's so funny. And it's burned in your brain, know, that exact conversation. Funny. How did you yeah. feel when you first heard? I think I've, I was kind of numb. Like it was, it really did not register as any kind of a big betrayal to me, which is a little strange. Again, looking back, it seems weird. But I think I was just, I was done with him by that point. Yeah. You know, like I had decided I didn't want him anymore. And that like, so it was this thing of like, well, you can have him. <laughs> wow. It was really strange. But, but you said it, well, it did it drive a little, yeah. Yeah. Like she wouldn't call do... you and be like, you know how he does that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> no I mean, you no. know. Yeah. 
no oh. it's true we didn't we didn't have the kind of like girlfriend talk about our relationships and our boyfriends in quite the same way and it also did lead to me hanging out with other people like on my friday and saturday nights i would yeah sort of I sought out other friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was there, I yeah, yeah were there times when, like, you yeah. hung out with both of them and, like, you would mm-hmm. see him and you were just kind of, like, okay with it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, is, so strange. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's, it seems weird. God, when I, I hear back, all of that and it just, I'm asking these specific feeling questions because I just feel a turmoil already, yeah. just bubbles right back up to the surface of just, like, the drama of those feelings and yeah, the sort of incestuousness of it. And, but also not even just the incestuousness, but also even just, sorry, but is there, there's a lizard just hanging off of (laughs) just hanging, just hanging off of my Christmas lights. Okay. Um, Hey buddy. Uh, By the way, I keep Christmas lights up that are white, that are just like nice mood lighting for parties and stuff. I don't, did not already put my Christmas lights up. Some people in the neighborhood have, it's a bit disturbing. Um, But yeah, I, I, it's just that it's the feeling of like everything being so much heavier. Like that's what I love about mortified and what I love about the show, the movie, the the 17. God, again, I know I'm going to get in. I might've even told Neil, like I was, I had watched it, which is the worst in the world because I started because he gave me a link and I started it and then immediately like got pulled away on a sketch fest call or something. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I should be less honest on this podcast. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just the, like just the turmoil of like, when I think about, I mean, even still when someone says like, even still now, it's not like when someone says, I really need to talk to you. You don't feel nothing. I mean, you still feel that feeling where it's sure. like hard to breathe for a second. You're like, how bad is whatever this is going to be? But that, but then just, I remember sitting in that feeling for so much longer, like somebody said something mean, mean to you at school. And that would just, I mean, I would just, I wouldn't sleep. And, you Any know, drama, I just, yeah. yeah, it just, it just sits in there in such a profound way because like, there's just less, like you said, to pull you out of it. There's less, you have a smaller universe. So and you everything just, and you feels don't so have big. Like sketch fests keeping yeah, you or crazy your mortgage or your and, daughter yeah. or your, you know, yeah. yeah the, Do you the, kind like, of miss that though? Do you feel like there's ever a part of you that misses like the, the sheer drama of your adolescence. Well, first, Lorelai, why don't you answer that? Do I miss the drama? Yeah, is there any part of you that misses the heightened aspect of the, you know, the storyboarding and the thing that things that are so important that they must be written down and recorded? I don't. I have to be honest. Yeah. I don't. I mean, there's a part of me that wishes for like a time machine to do a day in the life, you know? I think that would be really cool. Yeah. To go back and, like, be in my skin as a 14-year-old and, like, do a day, just do a whole day at Woodrow Wilson Junior High in Glendale, California. Knowing what you know now, to be able to just coast through the sort of... to be able to say the things I didn't get to say, you know. Well, I remember, too, like, I don't know if you guys remember this movie... They'll show my age right now. There was a movie called The Girl, The Gold Watch, and Everything. No, I haven't seen it. With Robert Hayes. Okay. And he had a gold watch, and he could like click it, and time would stop. And he would, he could, like, everyone would be frozen except for himself, and he could walk around and do things. And I remember sitting in junior high thinking, like, buy that gold watch. I would click it right now, and I would go over and take off all that popular girl's clothes, and she would be standing there naked. I would go over to Lawrence, and I would French him for like an hour, and I would go over there, and like, who's like, you know, so it would sort of be like the girl, the gold watch, and everything, but everyone would be able to move about with their lives, but I would just have a different, 
power within myself, a different confidence, a different knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, a different method. I mean, you would still French Lawrence for an hour because (laughs) it goes without saying. How could you not? I mean, (laughs) after all that leading up to nothing, what are you going to give him a hug? No way. You got to French it out. We have to. Um, I should also mention that I wasn't completely friendless. Um, I was just boyless. I did have my best friend in... um, Junior high that I did acquire, you know, late into seventh grade. Yeah, camp. well, it sounded like you said you had the friends. They just couldn't be. It wasn't lasting necessarily because of all the moving around. So you would have a right. friend or friends, um, but then maybe someone would move or you would move. Or, yeah. yeah. And Facebook has been a miracle, I must say. Right. Facebook has been so amazing. Lawrence and I are friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm friends with. I found my junior high school best friend. We had lost each other for a long time. You know, Kim, she and I are back together as buddies, and that's so fun. Because, and when we first got back together as friends, we were able to find notes and like read them to each other, and you know, go back again to 1984, and again, yeah. I'm referencing Lawrence, and you know, that's all of that kind amazing. of stuff. And it's just so weird. Well, and I like that because it sounds too, in a way, if I could, if I could be so bold as to tell you what your life was like and mm-hmm. is like now, uh, and probably be wrong, but there's something about there's something lovely about because you had all these different experiences and did these and, and had different friendships um, that there's this way that they've been able that like something like Facebook and this is not an advertisement for Facebook, but that you would be, that you would have the gift of now that's all kind of pooled together. And it's like, it almost seems like there could be more of it instead of like, you just grew up in one small town, you went to the same school, right. you only knew the same three people. Those are the people you're in touch with. You know what I mean? To yeah. kind of have, the luxury now of like, yes, I had to move around and have all that awkwardness and those changes and start new friendships and stuff like that. But like, if you're in a place in your life where you're standing still and you have a, the means of like pulling them all together, it seems like that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. And it's always interesting to hear people's memories of who I was then or what I was like, you know, that's always interesting. What do people say that those that surprise you? If anything. Well, that I was funny or, you know, that I was kind or, you know, things that I used to say or things that I used to do or characters I used to do, you know, like, <laughs> just like just weird things because you sort of, you know, you live and die by your emotions mm-hmm. at that time. And that's sort of what I remember most, you know, I remember, you know, my crazy mother, I remember moving, you know, I remember the turmoil, you know, you, you sort of don't remember the other stuff really so it's always interesting to hear like well what was I really like I was you know I was kind of adored by some people and that's not how I remember that Mm. period of my life you know I because this boy wasn't having any you know I sort of felt kind of unlovable on a certain level yeah you know so it was always interesting to hear like no you were awesome like really (laughs) oh I didn't, was not Why didn't that. Lawrence feel that way? Why didn't he? <laughs> I could have just... Um, all right, guys. Well, that that takes us over to um, playing MASH, which I'm very excited about indeed. I am excited um, too. Uh, I just flipped open this journal because I, when we were talking about this, I had found a page that is very telling of how much I still have not changed because this is like... I, I made this chart that says, well, there's this page that says dream dates in bubble letters. Hopefully I'll take a picture of this. Um, it's like I've created my own. It's kind of a mash game. Um, 
I clearly had a huge crush on Michael J. Fox at the time, which is like one of the younger people I had a crush on. But it says, um, I ask myself trivia questions. So it says, which of your choices do you consider most talented, Michael? And then I fill in my own words. That's great. The most good looking, Michael. (laughs) The best body, Michael. Michael. The most popular, (laughs) Michael. The most kind of boy you could take home to mom, Michael. The least conceited off stage, Michael. And then it says, tough choice. Like it's the tough choice question, which by the way, is it really that tough? I've only answered the same answer. If you could date one of these men, who would it be? The answer was Michael. Really? The answer was Michael. I know it was a... I know it was a tough choice. <laughs> and then underneath where I wrote Michael, it says, suggestion, if you have the same person on a lot of your questions, why not choose him? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Can you name three things you've seen your wishful date in? Family Ties, Back to the Future, High School USA, and then I wrote in a fourth one, Teen Wolf. Course. Which of these are movies? Two, three, and four. Which one is a television show? Number one. Oh my god, that is terrible. A plus. Oh you. wow. All right. So I guess I loved Michael J. Fox. Something you did to pass the time. Evidently. Evidently. Um, and then there, at the end, I think this is maybe a picture of a purse or a typewriter. I'm really not sure, but that was, seemed important to draw. Okay, so let's play some bash. Thanks for indulging me on that, guys. I just haven't done a lot of uh, old school journal visitation, but I, like um, but I really enjoy doing that. Uh, I'm going to have to do double mash here. This is always tricky. Oh, you know what? This makes the fourth time because I forgot that I had uh, Natasha Legero and Karen Kilgariff on live. I'm only correcting myself because listeners will be like, excuse me, Janet, but this is the fourth time that you have. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you guys both the same questions to expedite this process. But um, so this is new to you, perhaps, but this is not new to you. So let's start with um, the, 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 the reality is you can either do you can sort of tap into this person that you we've been talking about this podcast where you're sort of giving answers that you think that your teenage self would have given. Mm-hmm. Or you can give answers like present day, or you can do a little combination of both. Um, I'm going to start with a a really old cliche question that um, even then kind of was meaningless to me, but it always makes me laugh that this was like a big one, which was name three cars you'd like to drive. Like your dream car. Like, yeah, three of your dream cars. Are we answering as our teenage childhood selves or either way, either way, totally whatever you want. I don't know what my childhood cars would have been, so yeah. I'll, I'll have to name my cars right. now. Uh, Citroen Deus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Fancy. Probably a Carmen Ghia because that's the car that Molly Ringwald had in Pretty in Pink. Great answer. And um, the like, you know, yuppie option, the car that I really, really want is a BMW 3 wagon. Okay. <laughs> Because it's just perfectly designed in the right size. <laughs> there you go. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by BMW. I was going to say. Okay, Lorelai, how about you? I'm going to go with uh, my teen self choices, mm-hmm. which would be a Fiero. Great. <laughs> I feel like I named that without even knowing what it looked like because I'd heard someone else say it when I was younger. An MR2. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. Oh, I think it was a, was it a Toyota MR2? 
It's a little two-seater. Okay. It's adorable. All right. And a Suzuki Samurai. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely feel like I had popular friends who drove the Samurai. Oh, they, for sure they did. Yeah. So kind of wonderful, remember? Yeah, yeah. It was really cool to have a Jeep. There's no question about that. Or the Suzuki. Anything that looked Jeepish. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, to show off how cool you were all the time, all parts of you. Yeah, just to be able to get a full scope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going, uh, I'm staying tradish. I'm going three uh, crushes, uh, preferably celebrity. Um, again, could be from the present, could be teenage version. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> yes, I think Michael, it's very clear that Michael has spoken for. Hey, by the way, if you choose the same guy from any of these answers, why not choose him as your dream <laughs> Right. <laughs> Um, let's see I think my I'd go with my teenage crushes right which were all creepy well maybe not fully creepy but older men I'm so excited Um, so my teenage crushes were Jeremy Irons (laughs) from what (laughs) how does he get into your head any how about that sexy movie he did with Juliette Binoche could that have been yeah, it? Yeah, damage. Damage. Yeah, yeah. He was damaged. because he was very much he was like, like an older man. He was mm-hmm. her father-in-law. He was like a. a and they had sex. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was like. So you like the kind of like. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. It makes yeah, sense. To yeah. Me. It's all clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I I don't know what other movies. I mean, I I watched all of his movies. Yeah. I yeah. Really you loved him. him. Isn't that so weird? Oh, oh, yeah, that's a, oh, that's an amazing movie. That mo- <laughs> oh, Dead uh, Ringers. Dead Ringers. Yeah. I it's love my na- That might be my nightmare movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, no, I mean, there are yeah. specially designed gynecological instruments. Yeah, in they're horrible. That are crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, Great answer, though. My Jeremy God, Jeremy Irons. How are you going to top Jeremy Irons? I dare you. <laughs> well, I think he might be the weirdest, like, creepiest yeah. one. The other, te- another teenage crush of mine was, um, was Gary Oldman. Great. They're all completely weird, makes sense. Dark, but you get what kind of completely makes sense. Building a portrait of the kind of girl I was at fifteen. I really yeah, get it exactly. <laughs> and then the other totally one that I was it. really into was Ray Liotta. Strangely yes. enough, no, it still fits. You know who would I, I would add to this? Who I had an uh-huh. enormous crush on in high school, in junior high too. Yeah, and I think you'll get it right on board, John Malkovich. Yes, right. Yes, he's yeah. right in here. Yes. Dangerous liaisons. Forget yes. about yes. it. Great. <laughs> right. Yes. You're okay. Lorelai. Oh, that's happening for sure. I'm gonna say uh, Rob Lowe. Great. In my locker. Great. Mm. Uh, Christopher Adkins, Blue Lagoon style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about him in a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. I do have some Blue Lagoon uh, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> really? Oh, The amazing. swimming in open water was definitely influenced by... Oh, gotta be. Got swimming him. in open water. See the movie, guys. Um, and uh, Peter Gallagher from The Idolmaker. I don't know if mm. a lot of you saw that in 1980. It's a good one. No, but Peter Gallagher could cross over. He definitely could. He could cross over with my list. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely could. I feel like because of sex lies and videotape. Yeah. Which also puts James Spader was a big one on my list. I would oh, say John Malkovich yeah. and James Spader were definitely in the mix. Well, for and me. Puppy Eyes, Andrew McCarthy too. He, was, he might have been too nice he, for I me. I think he might have been too nice for me too. Yeah. I think I liked the creepiness. Did you of have a sex crush on uh, Malcolm McDowell and A Clockwork Orange? No, I watched that movie at too early of an age, I think. And therefore, yeah, I mean, it didn't deeply mess me up, but I just, I didn't see him as sexy. Yeah. I saw him as like creepy. There's no reason for anyone to ever think that, but I definitely thought he was super sexy. As he raped people. Right. 
This is amazing. Like that you're for like age sexy 14. Rapist at 14. Yeah. You're like, damn, he's hot. Oh God. Well, oh, God. I'm actually working. What are you gonna do? I'm actually working on a pilot right now that he's gonna be in. Really? Like, McDowell. Oh yeah. yeah. A lot of people I know have worked with him, so I feel like oh yeah. I I kind of still I'm crazy I mean, about he's him. Great. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we're not saying he's a rapist. Let's be very clear on that. We're very, very clear on that. Okay. So number three category is, uh, some, any place in the world where your vacation home is your dream place where your vacation home is. Oh God. Um, dream place for my vacation home. Uh, let's see. I might have to think about this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like All that right. it's getting serious. Sure. You're like, no, now I have to give serious answers. I got, sure. I like it. Okay, Cause well, this one might come true. I'm going to say, uh, Maui. Great. And um, 13-year-old Laura used to read a lot of bride magazines, and they were always advertising for the Poconos with the big oh, champagne glass great. bubble baths. So I'm going to say Poconos, oh. even though I'm not sure exactly where that is. <laughs> I'm not sure either. <laughs> even still. Oh, is it in Canada? I don't even know. I don't even is know. Is it in like <laughs> Aruba? Like is it somewhere like kind of... I just want that champagne bathtub. That's all I know. Yeah. And the you Poconos. can only get those in the Poconos. I can't believe we don't know where the Poconos are. Right. I'm so glad that Let's you don't either. Yeah. Okay. Bless our hearts. We're right. too honest. What's number three? Uh, number three, I'm going to say Fiji. Great. Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. God, these are easy peasy. Great time machine. As well. No. No, they're not. Oh, they're no. not? I have no idea where they God, are. Where or are what the Poconos? They are. Listen, we all have phones. We could Google this. Um, this is a, geography is definitely my worst subject. The next question is can I spell the Poconos enough to get there? I'm saying P O C O. Oh, I thought maybe there was an H in there for some reason. Poconos Resort. Poconos Resort. Poconos oh, Resort, so Pocono Spanish. Mountains. Poconos? No, I Pocono don't even know resorts. what language they speak in the Poconos. I have no Pocono idea Mountain. I did not know. What is it? What? Pennsylvania? Interesting. Is it though? Pine Pencil, I think it's Pennsylvania. The Poconos are in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it sounds so exotic. I know. The Poconos. I really thought that they were like in Jamaica or something. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Pokemon's Resort with his own flowers. Bring the whole family. Poconos, Poconos, Poconos. Poconos Mountains, Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow, guys. No Live and learn. Live and learn. Uh, what would you come um, up with, Holda? What, uh, what, the question is dream home? Vacation, vacation? home. Vacation, vacation home. home. Okay. Uh, dream vacation home. <laughs> Horrible. We are looking at a picture. <laughs> of a couple in a bubble bath in a martini glass. Yes. <laughs> Inside. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It might be a wine glass. That's what you wanted at age 13. Amazing. Um, okay. I would say... Uh, I would say the south of France. It's very beautiful. Great. Although it kind of looks like California, which means we're already living in our dream. Right. Well, that's um, nice. But France, France is pretty great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where else? I... I don't even know if I'd like it, but my dream vacation is to go to Turkey. So I'm going to say Turkey. All right. As a, yeah, something, some rocky place in, yeah. in caves. Swimming in the in ruins. Little, yeah. I'm yeah, intrigued I by that, for sure. Um, and then uh, my other thing, this is where my Canadian side comes out. I would probably say a an isolated lake somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. Yeah, outside of Toronto, when I was working up there, like 
everybody just went to their lake house on the yeah, weekend lake house thing great um i used to canoe on lakes where there'd be nobody around that's for, pretty terrific for multiple lakes in other directions I can it was get pretty amazing real on board for that yeah that's yeah. like real high on my list yeah of, of i'm into vacation place. isolation for that's vacations. great yeah that's great okay great um all right next category is going to be uh i'm going for food that you have access to and can eat as much of you as you want and time it could be very specific like there's this perfect burrito blah 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 that i never get to eat anymore or it could just be like why can't i eat marshmallows all day every day three food that you love yeah is it what you're saying yeah just something that you could always have like i can never get a, the great a great belgian waffle but you know right now i can uh what would i want to have all the time um avocado mm-hmm. just just avocado is just all-time fave great um uh, let's see. They are so good. They are so good. Um, hmm. Let's take some kind of, um, uh, things involving peanuts or peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Very high on my list as well. And then I'll make a specific recommendation if I can. There is a shrimp taco truck. I love it. On I Olympic. love it already. Morisco's de Jalisco's. Do you know it? I it's don't. amazing. It is Great. so incredible. Olympic and what? Olympic in East LA. So you have to go to East LA uh-huh. if you're willing to. Um, that's fine, but yeah. But yeah, Olympic and, oh God, what's the closest intersection? You can find it if you look online. Okay. Yeah. Marisco I feel like Morisco sounds super familiar. Are yeah. there more than one? There's more than one. Okay. Yeah. So All right. you have to so, find the right one. Okay. But this Shrimp one taco. and this guy is so good. Interesting. It's $1.75. seventy-five. For a little piece of heaven. It's amazing. Great. Yeah. It's shrimp really heaven. Please yeah. do not eat these if you're allergic to shellfish. I don't know why I need to tell you that, but just in case. Listen, I don't want to be sued. Um, okay, Lorelai, what have you got for me? Um, I enjoy a shrimp tempura roll. Mm-hmm. I had one last night at Sushi King down the road from the Mortified Nation show. MortifiedNation.com. That's that would be a really nice thing to just have, Ugh, like a I dream of genie blink style. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah, um, cake. I yes. like white cake with oh. white frosting. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fine if the frosting is grainy. If it's from Ralph's, I'm cool with that. Yep. I like wedding cake. Just white cake. Love it. Cake. Love everything about it. Uh, third thing. Hmm. An In-N-Out double-double animal style. You don't have to write all that. You can just say burger and I'll know what we talked about. (laughs) Great. Great, great, great. Okay, great. Um, How about three uh, movies that you could just pop into on a whim, like live inside that movie for however long, short or long? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, this is going to bring up a different crush of mine that was Mm -hmm. not make the top three. But the probably the number one movie I could live inside of would be Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, great. Aiden Quinn? Aiden Quinn. God damn it, I agree. <laughs> Didn't make the top three, God. but I love him so much. And oh. He's so amazing. Uh, so that's a movie. Great. I had an obsession because I grew up in L.A. When I was a kid, I really romanticized New York City. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big thing I see for that. me. Yeah. Um, so I guess another one that I would sort of want to live inside of would be Something Wild. Oh, sure. Melanie Griffith, yeah. Griffin Dunn. 
Uh, Uzo, is that really Uzo is in that in an yeah. amazing role as a psychopath. Yes. Or was it God, Jeff Daniels? So Who's the Jeff Daniels? Okay, there we yeah, go. Jeff Daniels is like the oh, yeah, I was choice in that then... girl mode because oh, of right, right, Griffin right, Dunn. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Something wild. Great uh, one. And then another movie that you could live inside of. Oh, um, well, this is a purely sort of art direction costume kind of choice. Sure. But did you see that Tilda Swinton movie a couple years ago called um, This Is Love? or No, I Am Love. Do you know the movie? God, it's Italian. Maybe I didn't. It's Italian. I vaguely remember it, it coming is, out. It is like this. Um, I gotta write that down for myself. Art direction. I mean, I'm just in love with Tilda Swinton as well. But um, but yeah, the costumes and the the whole look of it. It's amazing. Okay, I gotta yeah. check that People out. Should see it. All right, Laura. A side note about the first two. I just want to say too that there's a real unifying agent of like the crazy girl and like the button down guy. So you could right. have said up out up all night or something like that or like that that Griffin Dunn one that's like oh oh yeah yeah the Scorsese, right, the Scorsese movie yeah, yeah and you yeah. could have had like a, tr- a a triumvirate of like and it makes you like wonder if that was about you or, Lower or if it's about the time in 1984 yeah, yeah the time of like maybe it was like conservative 80s and like. People just wanted to escape, like the we, like yeah. There yeah. was there was some sense of like the buttoned up guy represents like the the yeah the Reaganomics like money obsessed like Wall Street type, and then you have like the girl that's sort of this feminine side of America that wanted to just go like Break fuck free. this yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, we're going to teach a college course. This is very yeah, very yeah. bare minimum learning annex. Yes. Bare minimum. <laughs> um, okay, Lorelai, what about you? I would say uh, I will watch Sense and Sensibility oh, whenever right. it's on. I oh, love that. Emma Thompson. Only one. Yeah. Yes. God damn it. It is that movie. amazing. I love that movie. Everybody in it. I, I've talked about it before on the podcast. I'm, I apologize, oh, so everyone, good. but again. I do the accent of that snotty sister of Edward's. Uh, yes. Of Mr. Farrow's. Yes. Uh, sister. Valley. Oh, God. And when I do it, my daughter says, are you being Mrs. Dashwood again? Because I'll refer to her as Mrs. Yes. Dashwood. Take your oh, back. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So are you being Mrs. Dashwood, my daughter's oh. Anyway, I love that movie. I'll watch it. it so I own much. it, but if it's on, I'll watch it from the beginning, from the middle. I'll watch the very end. I'll watch the credits. I... I'm right there with you. I live in that one. I am right there with you. <laughs> it's it. nice to know that you can go from being the girl who wants to have sex with Malcolm McDowell's character in Clockwork Orange to feeling like the most important movie in the world is Sense and Sensibility. That's kind of what happened to me. I like it. Yeah. Uh, that one, uh, Pretty in Pink. Great. And that part where she says, because I don't want you to see where I live. I don't want you to take me home because I don't oh, want you to see where God. I live. Oh. So reminds me of my life. I remember my I prom bet. date had to pick me up on the front lawn because <sighs> our house was not awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important movie too. Very yeah. important. I enjoy that movie. I will still watch that one whenever. Um, and gosh, I like The Fugitive. Oh, that is a great movie. You could be like the only one who believed him whenever you could go <laughs> pop into that movie and just be the only one. Because movies like that always stress me out so much when you're like, you, you're you in on it and everybody else seems to think that someone's guilty and you're like, there's nothing I can do. Right. I can't do anything from here. Right. I, I watch Homeland so too with the same out. thing. Yes. It's like that show gives me agita, but I cannot help yes. but watch it. Yes. Homeland. Homeland. Oh, Homeland yeah. Do you watch that show? Yeah, I haven't been watching the season <sighs> I'm just so aware of how many like out and out soap operas I watch that are all disguised as being more cerebral right and more that. politically important. 
I'm very aware of yeah, that right I now. I wasn't until this moment. Yeah. Thank you. I have a problem. Well, there's that, and Breaking Bad was a little bit mm-hmm. soapy too. Yeah, yeah, that's very soapy. But at least that just went down the road of like everything's messed up. I know it's so true. But in a more, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm thinking more of like the scandal and the homeland and like mm-hmm. all of the stuff that's like DC based now, where it's somehow you're supposed to feel like. No, listen, I'm watching. <laughs> political drama this is about our country okay as a voting person i need to be watching this show right so not that gonna miss anything i'll be able to tip you all oh god falls into that category although yeah no you gotta know you're watching garbage no no i'm an obsessive scandal watcher but i just think that it's like like it is pure opera oh my god it i would do it pure. in a second i yeah. do, all due respect to shonda rhimes she has figured it out yeah. i love josh molina he i know him personally <laughs> he's a i watched i started watching it because i was like i want to see what josh is on but oh boy yes <laughs> it is unrelentingly over the top so over the top and so fast i love how fast oh paced god. it is it's i'm obsessed so with nuts. i don't think i've done this on the podcast before but i'm obsessed with creating scandal-esque speeches and delivering them to people like (laughs) i am glad you did this because someone needs to talk about what happened when when we were teenagers because we are teenagers in our hearts forever and if you can't figure that out then you don't understand what it's like to be alive and i know what it's like to be alive because i am out there fighting for life every single day as a human being on this earth and if you can't see that then the person who has a problem here is you and not me it's all that, and right? Click, click, click. It's your all, heels walking sh- sh- away. Sh- 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 yeah. It's all. It's all. Everything is and. It's not nothing. It's all like they're all run, run on, on sentences. sentences. Just yeah, they do a lot of run, run on sentences. sentences. Yeah. What a pleasure and, and a joy. Everybody's always on a like their own personal soapbox. It's, it's amazing. It's just. It's fantastic. Show, but I feel like I know exactly what it is now. Mm-hmm. It's oh, amazing. you do. Now you've seen it. It's amazing. Um, I'm gonna go next category with a skill that uh, you wish you had. It could be a practical skill or it could be like a completely silly fun skill like you wish you could fly or tango um three. Oh, tango tango great. is right there <laughs> great tango i love dance and i wish i could be a, a i mean i dance a little bit but mm-hmm. but no no latin dances so that's right. a problem well, you have the potential of being very fleet on your feet uh, <laughs> depending on how this works uh, out tango i wish that i could uh let's see which an, what's another skill i wish i had um I wish that I knew how to, um, I wish that I was like slightly handier. I wish mm-hmm. that I could be somebody who, I'm not unhandy, but I just, I wish I could be somebody who was really like a little more on top of my domestic shit. Ms. Fix It. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm putting down. Yeah. I wish I could be like slight, yeah, yeah, on top <laughs> Got of it. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same. Um, skill. And then the other skill I wish I had would be to, um, um, Man, I just, I wish I could manage my time better. Mm-hmm. I never have enough time. I mean, I know that sounds like such a weird, <laughs> strange response, but no, I not do at not all. have enough time in my life for, when we were talking earlier about, about uh, the, the, you know, my teenage best friend who then dated my high school boyfriend and all of that, mm-hmm. I was thinking about how the thing that I regret now in my mid-30s is not having the amount of time I used to have, not for the drama of teenagehood, but for the, the all of the time that I used to have for my friendships. Mm. That's really something I, and I, I somehow I want to manage my time better to do that. Like, yeah. like just for my friends, you know, just like that endless amount of time that you would spend with somebody where it wasn't about scheduling a dinner. 
in with them like yeah. okay three weeks from now on saturday yeah. night we'll meet at i'll tell you what i i first of all i 100 percent agree, agree with that and and what, what i can say is i think i have solved that and that is you you just have to commit to going on a trip with someone a trip so travel because that is, is like my best girlfriend jessica makinson who certainly has done the podcast um we j- i took her with me to new zealand and australia when i was just there oh. so we had like 12 13 uninterrupted days together we slept slept in the same room with separate beds yeah and i got so used to and loved so much like figuring out where we we're gonna have breakfast in the morning and just being together and i got back here and i wish i could say that like we just organically folded that into our lives but once again now i never see her and right. it is that like jam it in once every two weeks um and there was and that was just like well we were just living together we just lived right. together for two weeks right and i loved it and yeah. i felt like a, it was it, it, it's the most that feels like that now is is like just yeah having to actually remove yourself from and your just go on a life? weekend trip with a, okay. a girlfriend or something that's yeah. what i think based on that experience i just had no that's great advice okay yeah. that's the way to do it yeah, yeah. okay but it, it could work out that magically in mash this is going to happen for you anyway <laughs> uh three skills laura lied uh, I wish I could play the piano. Mm-hmm. I would like to accompany myself singing songs. That would be great. Love it. Um, I wish I gave less of a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit uh, of an emotional person. So More I would like carefree. to... Yeah, I wish I was a little carefree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... And I wish I was more motivated. Like, I'm not cooking all the time. (laughs) Like, I'm going to miss shortcuts in the kitchen. is tricky. I wish I was more. I'm so tired all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just wish I was more motivated. I know. I always feel that way after I watch, like, any kind of a, I mean, I play, I do this cartoon character and even whether I'm recording something that she's like, she's like an adventurous and a badass and all this, or even just like watching a movie where someone with martial arts skills, like a female with martial arts skills and stuff, that feeling of adrenaline that you get watching someone else just like run really fast and then like do like some kind of great kick. I, I, when I'm sitting there thinking that I'm like, I want to feel that like, the adrenaline of being already in the process of kicking someone's ass or something. <laughs> and then I think to myself, well, like you could, Janet, you could contact your old trainer and like start taking kickboxing again. And the next thing in my mind is like, I'm never going to do that. Like I'm so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But now I ride my bike and I am motivated to ride my bike, but that's a very specific, like, I mean, I'm very physical in that way because I ride hard, but there isn't this sort of like, I'm also doing because I know I need to get out there and doing it to do it. It's not like I live a life of adventure where I'm like... You have foes that need their ass Yeah, kicked. yeah. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. archery and, yeah. you know, things like that. And there's a reason that we all, a lot of us like those kinds of movies. But I, but I think that's a, the motivation for me is like becomes less about like career or cooking which i do wish i were both both more motivated in but like somehow it seems like it's distilled to its purest form when i'm watching movies like that and i think to myself like god i am not motivated (laughs) otherwise i would like be running through the forest like she is and she seems to be so alive you know (laughs) hunger games are we talking about hunger games (laughs) i feel like i should be but i think i'm actually talking about brave because i finally saw that Ah, pixar movie recently and she's cute cutie running through the forest being scottish um i was obsessed with Universal Soldier actually for a while as well. Oh, Although I did is that not John find Claude Van Damme? Yeah, I okay. didn't find him sexy, so he did he definitely does not fit into my list. But 
uh, but I wanted to, I think I wanted to be him more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah, I shouldn't have just made it about, could be completely uh, either gender that, that makes you feel motivated to do the things I'm not motivated to, to do. To kickbox specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's, he's surpassed normal kickboxing. <laughs> he's just a legend. Um, okay, two more categories. We'll race through them. Uh, uh, she said, then realizing she had nothing planned as I never do. Um, what about uh, a fictitious, I always like this one, um, because we were talking about this before we started podcasting of how much we love Robert Preston and how you sort of wish that he were like your father figure or your best friend or something like that. How about like a, a person or a creature or character from fiction, be it film or, or, or books or whatever, that is sort of like this friend that you can call on uh, whenever you want? Ooh. Like a, you wow. know, could be like Curious George, but it could right. be Emma, it could be Emma Thompson and uh, <laughs> it could be Tim Gunn. Great one. Should I put that down? Because yes. God Tim almighty, Gunn. don't we that all feel that way? That is such a good one. Wow. You guys can share too if you want to put down Tim Gunn. <laughs> um, How many times would he be on someone's list? A lot, I bet. A lot. So I, I feel like he, he's sort of like the ultimate mentor figure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Completely great. You want me to put him on yours? Um, sure. Yeah. Great. Let's yeah, add Tim Gunn to my list. Yeah. yeah. He's a good one. Uh, Brilliant. Let's see. Who else would be on my list? Uh, maybe a fictitious character. Uh, boy, that is a tough one. I, f- I feel like j- if you do a general cross section of Meryl Streep's roles, love it. I feel like she would, you know, I mean, she, I mean, she's played obviously such a range of characters, but I think she if her, you take all of them, her general the warmth, persona, that warmth yeah, and the sort of like, sort yeah. of like you want to have that yeah. as, a, as a woman that you can turn to and talk to. Great. You know? Um, uh, and then who else would be good? Um, Hmm. God. You have one? You want to bounce back and forth yeah, on this I one? I would say Robert Preston for Great. sure. Love it. I love God. some Robert Preston. Oh, I love him so much. Great. And I love my Danny Kay. Oh, I yeah. love Danny Kay yeah. so much. I hear you on that. I thought I'd marry him. I hear you on I really that. I really did. What do you th- oh, are you excited about the secret life of Walter Mitty or are you nervous about it because it's not Danny Kay? Um, I enjoy that Jim Carrey, so I feel like... I think it's, uh, no, it's Ben it Stiller. Carrey? Oh, it's Ben Stiller. Yeah. I'm nervous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Different. Because it was going to be Jim Carrey for a minute, mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I'm sure you're right about that. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ben Stiller. Hmm. Hmm. Different energy. Different totally energy. Different energy. Hmm. Because I feel like he's got so much simmering anger mm-hmm. underneath him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Interesting. We'll see. But you know what? The truth is I might be mixing up my movies. I'm thinking about the fish movie, The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Oh, okay. Maybe that yeah. was what Jim yeah. Carrey was getting ready to yeah, do. Yeah, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It might be really good for Ben because he because there is that sort of like, yes. you want to see the person who needs to kind of break free. Right. He is so and he's so good at like, yeah. Yeah, so tightly yeah. wound yeah. that he might be. Danny Kaye's a great one. What do you think? You got a third one, Hilda? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, there's this weird um, 50s movie that I was obsessed with when I was a kid called How to Marry a Millionaire. Have uh-huh. you ever seen it? Uh, is it, isn't, uh, it's with um, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe and yeah. Betty. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. So you know this. Yeah. Uh, and Betty Grable and Lauren Bacall. And I think yeah. I would choose the Lauren Bacall character for that movie. I can't say I'm surprised. Like a sa- they're all models in New York City. Yeah. They're young fashion models, but she's like a sassy, knowing woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's very good at playing Again, those women. Knowing women. Knowing women are mm-hmm. my idols. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Oh, really wow. good. Knowing women and knowing men. Some of them. <laughs> 
Um, been there, done that, Jeremy Irons. Uh, okay, so this is our final category. Our final category is, um, we'll do time travel. We'll say you can go back to, it could be a personal thing for you, or it could be just an era that you wish that you could visit. Um, super specific or super general, whatever you, whatever you want. A time in my life I could revisit. Could be. Well, yes. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's go back in time. Let's go <laughs> back in time. <laughs> that was your favorite. We did you discover earlier. We did discover earlier you know before we started you. podcasting that Huey Lewis was definitely recorded in history oh, as being yes. my favorite uh, singer. And I would agree. And I thought he was hot as well. Oh, so did so, I. Yeah. Where is he? Bring. No, I saw him in back. concert twice. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but like even through binoculars, I was positive he was making direct eye contact. <laughs> me <laughs> That's awesome. binoculars he looked right at me yep it's for you it's he loves me you. and he wants to be with me of course he does um i'm gonna say 1984 great mm-hmm. mm. uh all right i will put down i think it would be fun to go back to uh i do think it would be fun to go back to high school as well for a little bit i would place it at 1990 five though the summer the summer of 95 when everything went wrong and i think i would i would like do a few things better oh okay you get two more so you can be specific or general oh okay well definitely i would do 1920s new york great yeah not a question i just i have always wanted to see the jazz age Mm -hmm. and you know that kind of situation um and then maybe i would do 1930s Berlin. Oh, I think it would just be like really amazing. Like the Berlin solstice, like a real obviously a really fucked up time. Yeah, but like a kind of like cabaret. Yeah, like everybody just a, a historically and culturally dense time. Like, yeah, God, I mean, there's just, a lot like, going, going on. Crazy. Bad and good. Yeah, like the early 30s. You know, like yeah. not like before Nazis. Before it just risen. gets super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but back when people were just sort of like going to crazy, you know, green nail polish cabaret kind of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went for the record 1984. I was in junior. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> uh, I need Sorry. as many let's years not, as youth as I, I can mean. collect. <laughs> um, I would say um, I would like to peep on my parents' marriage. Oh, they yeah. Were married. I feel the same. I feel the same because I have no memory of them being yeah. together. I have no idea yeah. what that was like. So I would say uh, late 60s Hollywood. Great. <sighs> I'd be curious about that. And you'll get a look at the hauntings. Exactly. Yeah. Two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Kill them all. And then I would say, uh, I've always wanted to know what the 50s were like, like in Pasadena, California. Great. Like, what was that slice of Americana really like? Super Americana, I guess. Or we think that that's true, but right. maybe not. You would be the Those one to find bungalow out. bungalow homes. Yeah, that that's great. Okay, so this is the part where I do uh, the, the the process of elimination, which is just that I basically draw a spiral or do hashes until you tell me to stop, and then I count like I count how many I have, and then I just go one, two, Science. three, and then I start crossing them off. <laughs> um, so I don't know how you're going to tag team this one, but tell me when to stop. Okay, uh, stop. Okay, this time I just did a weird zigzag, and I'm going to count the points of the zigzag: one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. I'm going to pause this. I welcome you guys to uh, take a bathroom break. This has been a long podcast. Um, I'm going to do the math and then I will present both of your 100% confirmed futures. I'm excited. Okay. The first thing I want to say about this is that I just, 
What I didn't think about, and this is why I feel that my IQ might be really low, even though I feel like I'm a smart person. So I don't know how those two things could be true at the same time. But I painstakingly did the exact same math on both instead of just looking at the one that I had finished and going, okay, this is going to be the same. So the top one for this will be the top one for this. So I don't need to go one, two, three, four, five, six, cross off. One, two, three, four, five, six, cross off. I could have just matched the pattern of the first one I did, but I did not do that because I'm stupid. So I could have just like solved it so quickly and done the second (laughs) one the same as the first. But um, all right. So here's the thing. Because we the math was the same because you both had sixes, uh, you both ended up with mansions. Hey. So I want to congratulate you for nice. that. Okay. Your mansions, by the way, uh, are in respectively. Uh, Hilda, you are uh, in the south of France. Mm-hmm. Mansion in the south of France. Mansion in Maui. Okay. Lorelai's mansion in Maui. I'll take it. Um, I congratulate both of you on the car parked outside of the mansion. In your mm-hmm. case, Hilda, the Citroen. Ah. And uh, that's good. I'm already in France. Lorela. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. It totally worked out. And in your case, the Fiero. Ooh, yeah. Um, sure. So, congratulations. Well done. Well done. Uh, I don't know how accessible avocados are in the south of France, but I want you to rest assured <laughs> it matters not because at good. the snap of a finger, uh, you can have your share of avocados. Uh, in your case, Lorelai, and this also kind of makes sense for Maui, a little Pacific Rim ish, uh, some great shrimp tempura rolls. Bring it. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Um, speaking of whenever you want, how about a visit back to, in your case, high school, 1995? All right. When the summer that all went wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the chance to do it right? And okay. for you, Lorelai, 1984, junior high. Oh, oh, you both get out. a good, they're very specific. You went out, went, went, uh, went super specific. Because you could have ended up just randomly seeing a different era, but no. Something's going on and you need to revisit your personal life. Um, uh, perhaps uh, to, for support, you take back in time with you your fictional best friends, uh, Lauren Bacall and Danny Kay. Perfect. Nice. Kind of amazing there. Love it. And perhaps you enjoy, I know Danny Kay is going to enjoy the fact that you play the piano so beautifully. Oh, you guys can do a song and dance yes, together. Yes. And uh, I don't know how passionately Lauren Bacall feels about tangoing, but <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully she does. Now, in keeping with the imaginary life that you have, uh, if you want to pop into a movie at any time, you get the tense, action-packed life of a fugitive. Okay. You're going into I Am Love. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot going on there. And lest I forget, um, the person that you will be driving around in your Fiero and Maui with is none other than Rob Lowe. Watch out. While you will be (laughs) tooling around in the Citroën in the south of France with Jeremy Irons. Oh my God. Amazing. God, this is fucking incredible. Who at this point was probably like 87 years old. (laughs) No. The, the, the era of Jeremy Irons in which you had a crush on yes. him is what yes. you ended up yes. with. So um, that uh, concludes our MASH game. That concludes our podcast episode together. Ladies, I've had a very, very delightful time getting to know you. Thank you And for uh, us. again, Thank I encourage you. everyone to see the Mortified movie um, and to check out a live show if you're in a place where one exists. Uh, you can, uh, we can find that out. Where's a, where's a good
good hub for somebody to go? Is this Mortified? What's a Mortified website? Yes, Mortified. Uh, getmortified.com is where you can find out about the live shows, but you can also stream it, watch it right now at Great. Amazon.com, iTunes. Great. Go to MortifiedNation.com right now and get all the information that you'll ever need to know on how to watch it you right now. It. Like right now, guys. Right now. Like stop. Like, like what? Listen to me. Stop what you're doing. Go watch the movie right now. Like what you're going to do as soon as we leave. That's right. <laughs> After I finish 300 right. submissions. Exactly. When you go um, Okay, Sketch guys. Fest. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right, guys. Talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.